Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us tonight, this morning, this afternoon, whenever and wherever you may be listening as we broadcast around the world on the Fringe FM, Fringe.fm, and the Fringe FM application that you can download for free to your mobile device. You can also listen on TalkStream Live and the Paranormal Radio app. And if you missed an episode of The Secret Teachings, you can always go to our website and listen in the archives. There are a number of free shows available, or you can simply subscribe to the archive and get access to all the shows, all the montages, all of my books in digital form. And when you subscribe for one year, you'll also get a physical copy of one of those books, just go to www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support, honestly and sincerely, keeps this show on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week right here on The Fringe. It allows us to do the research for the show, some nights very extensive research that takes you know an entire day to put a show together. And when we put these uh, broadcasts together, uh, I try to make them different than if we're covering a topic that is very topical. I try to make them different than all of the other shows that will cover that topic that might just read the headline or read the, the article or talk in generalities about the subject. I like to get into the undercurrent. I like to look at the esoteric side beyond the veil, if you will of what that subject entails, and go back and look at other stories that are relatable to what might be topical. And uh, being able to do that allows, uh, I think, allows this show to be uh, considered a little bit different than most radio shows and most podcasts, where the subject matter is not really identifiable, and therefore it can be assumed that... Uh, the host, myself, or the show, uh, is any number of things uh, that could be considered political or it could be considered religious, that it has some kind of angle to it. Uh, But I assure you, uh, I really don't have an angle except to provide you with accurate information night after night, and not only accurate information, but information that helps you, I know it helps me, to think critically. That is so important, to think critically. That doesn't mean that I'm paying lip service to such words, but I want you to think critically. I want you to seriously think about what we discuss on this show, how we discuss topics on this show. Uh, I've gotten a lot of emails from, from listeners over the last couple of nights, especially since Friday, sending me all types of news articles and, uh, you know, things that might be considered synchronistic in relationship to the Olympic show we did on Friday 
or the uh, show that we did uh, on Monday called The Wizards of Cause, Sherlock Stockholm Syndrome, uh, where we talked about schizophrenia, Stockholm Syndrome, and other forms of psychosis that seem to be uh, just infecting like a contagion, uh, an emotional contagion, uh, hysterical or uh, psychic contagion, uh, as we called it on Monday, uh, the whole world. Now, you, you look at to like social media, right? You look at social media, Facebook and your, and your Twitter and your Tumblr and all the other applications that usually it's younger people that use them. But you look at these, uh, these platforms and they're basically the new mainstream media. Like your parents or maybe you or, you know, maybe your grandparents, you know, they listen to, you know, the, the mainline news, the, the CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, you know, they voted Republican, Democrat, you know, they might have been a Christian or they might have been a, you know, a, a Jew or they might have been, you know, atheist or they might have been agnostic or something. Um, at least there was a, an identifiable reasoning for their belief or an identifiable reasoning for their um, their under you know their their ide- their ideology uh, their underlining uh, 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 belief system it, it seems like there's less and less of that I don't know if you feel the same way but it seems like there's less and less of a reasoning uh, behind why people believe certain things and what I mean by that is it's hard to find a rational human being anymore. Uh, it's almost impossible on the internet. Now, of course, you know, I don't mean to, to suggest that the whole world is falling apart. Everybody's crazy except me and you. That's, that's by no means what I uh, am implying here. But it, I, I think we can agree that it's, it's kind of hard to find a human being who can think critically, who can actually sit down and consider multiple angles of a situation, uh, of a problem, like problem solving, uh, critical thinking, problem solving. You might define these things differently, but critical thinking. I know that's something that most of you do. In fact, all the people that email me, uh, there's usually a tremendous amount of critical thinking that goes into the emails. Recently, we've been looking at Symbols and how symbols affect us subconsciously and unconsciously. Uh, that also is part of the, uh, the subject of archetypes. And we look at how rituals and uh, major events like the Olympics or so-called mass shootings, how all of this, when you put it together, seems to show either a plan uh, or some incredible coincidence uh, or some type of, of, of coding. Uh, if you will, like some kind of, of code uh, that when we read it, we, we begin to understand reality a little better. It's not that it's a conspiracy, but it's like understanding ACTG. It's like understanding the zeros and ones on a computer. And you begin to understand the language, then the world kind of, or your perception on the world rather, kind of changes. But I, I find it difficult to you know, discover uh, a person who can actually think critically. What I find more of, and this is predominantly through the social digital world, you find people that believe that emotion should trump fact, that emotion is more important than 
anything else. And that when you have an opinion, your opinion doesn't matter if it hurts somebody's feelings. Furthermore, if you know something to be factually true, that fact is irrelevant if it hurts somebody's feelings. Now, there's an easy remedy to this, and I've joked about it for years on the show. You've probably heard me say it. If somebody was to approach me, whether they email me or they approach me in public and say, you know what, I was really offended by what you said. I'm really offended by your opinion or by that fact. Now, of course, people don't really speak like that. If they did, they'd, you know, they probably wouldn't be offended. Uh, it's usually an emotional response. That's offensive. Take it back. You should apologize. That's not the right word or the right pronoun. If people could ask me honestly, maybe I would you know, consider uh, you know, maybe not altering my language, but just at least taking that person into consideration. But when people you know, demand that you apologize, demand that you change your language, demand that you change your, you know, your word choice, I always say, you're offended by that? You're offended by what I said? Well, I'm offended that you're offended. So we can have an eternal battle of arbitrary offensiveness. And if you're offended by what I have said, then I'm offended by your offense to what I said, and therefore you should shut your mouth and you should be canceled. I think that's the logical, somewhat childish, sure, but that's the logical way to deal with people like this. The other way is to just not deal with them at all. However, I think there are a lot of people who think that way, um, who when we really classify what, what and how they think, they're not really thinking at all. Something else is thinking for them. It's an ideology that's thinking for them. Uh, I came across a book. Um, it's not a book I've read. Uh, I just came across uh, literally just the, the cover of a book, and I started to look into what the book was about, uh, and I started to read other things uh, earlier today about what this this book is. Um, I don't even want to tell you the name of the book, but it's it's about something called queer theory. I don't know if you've heard about this. It was developed in the, the 1990s. It's called queer theory. Uh, and the book that I saw had a unicorn on it. Now, the unicorn is a traditional symbol of sexuality, of some kind of, uh, you know, divine uh, uh, presence. The unicorn is seen as uh, both lucky uh, and if you're able to obtain a unicorn horn, it's uh, basically a vessel uh, that uh, can cure you from various elements. Um, you could powder the unicorn horn or you could drink out of it. Uh, I actually have a section in my book, Occult Arcana, about unicorns, uh, about the mythology of them. But, you know, I saw that picture and it made me think, you look around and, and you see a lot of people with unicorns and pizza and cats and laser beams shooting out of their eyes. You, you notice that that trend in social, um, like in social displays now. People wear T-shirts like that, and they wear hats. And you know, I get it. It's no no different really than wearing Pokemon, you know, shirts or wearing you know like DC shoes. It's you know, it's just like a brand, or it's just like something that's kind of trendy. But I, I wanted to know why it was trendy. So I I looked, I looked up queer theory. Uh, just to kind of figure out what exactly queer theory is. Now, queer theory, uh, 
according to pretty much everything I read, um, you know, from universities to just, you know, even Wikipedia, um, there's a general definition, but there's really not a, a, a clinical definitive, uh, you know, explanation for what queer theory is, which is kind of weird. Uh, queer theory is both theory and political action, though. It can be summarized um, as an exploring of the oppressive power of dominant norms. So what exactly is considered normal and uh, what exactly uh, that normalcy does to people who don't fit into those norms? Now, you know, in my generation, I'm 30. Um, if I don't fit into some kind of dominant norm, well, I just find a, another group that I do fit into. Uh, I don't try to destroy that dominant norm, and I don't try to attack people who are part of that dominant norm. But this is what queer theory is. It's, it's basically exploring the oppressive power of dominant norms and uh, the problems that they cause for people who don't wish to live according to those norms. So queer theorists are kind of like... Uh, Peeping Tom activists, they look into your window and they decide, I don't like the way you're sitting on the couch. I'm going to come into your home and I'm going to change the way that you're sitting on the couch. I don't like the TV show that you're watching. Well, then don't look in my window, you know. I don't like the food that you're eating. So I'm going to break your kitchen window, climb in, and I'm going to smash the plate on the floor. And I'm going to take the food out of your house that I don't like. You know, you might think that's just an absurd example, but that's basically what these these people are. They are uh, peeping toms of an activist nature who believe that anything that is dominant, anything that is normal, and it could be a personal normal, something that you choose to do that could be associated with the dominant normal, that must be eradicated. It has to be done away with because they don't want to live their lives that way. Now, queer theory, you might think, Queer, well, it has to do with sexuality, and in fact, it does have to do with sexuality. In fact, that might be one of the most uh, common definitions of queer theory. It deals with the dominant norm in sexuality. In other words, heterosexuality, which is pretty much a majority of the world's population. Uh, not even pretty much. It is a majority of the world's population. Uh, most people in the world are heterosexual. Most men are attracted to women, and most women are attracted to men. Now, some men, I can admit sometimes I see an attractive man. It doesn't mean I'm attracted to him, but based on traditional uh, mathematical, geometrical, uh, biological, physiological features, just like women, you know, women check out other women. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're lesbian. Most people, you know, most people are heterosexual, so because some people aren't, they want to fight that perceived oppressive power. Um, it's kind of like an opinion. Uh, you have an opinion. People don't like it, so they want you to shut your mouth. Well, then you don't have to listen to the opinion. And people for generations have not listened to the predominant sexual opinion, which is heterosexuality. So they've created offshoots. Uh, there are lesbians and there are homosexual men. And although people have problems with those those uh, people for various reasons that a lot of times they don't understand, um, at least they're there. Uh, at least they exist, and at least they find other people who they agree with. And, you know, 
queer theory suggests that if it's normal and it's dominant, it should be done away with. So we're going to explore that tonight on the show. It's basically postmodernism. And I want to talk to you about postmodernism tonight on the broadcast and some other stuff. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny. We are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. 
If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio right here, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, exclusively on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable, r-d-g-a-b-l-e, r-d-g-a-b-l-e, at yahoo.com. Queer theory is a theory and a political action. It is a theory that oppressive powers or those things considered dominant norms, a very relative and arbitrary thing to some degree, need to be done away with because some people don't fit into those norms. Some people are unable to fit into those norms. And those norms predominantly revolve around sexuality. Although the entire world population is heterosexual, a very small percent of the population, depending on where you go, it's about, you know, 5 to 10%, are homosexual. And you'd probably imagine that some of those homosexuals really aren't homosexual. And you'd imagine a few heterosexuals really are homosexual. Some people are bisexual. I don't really see why sexuality matters so much. But I guess if you say, well, straight people can get married, so gay people should be able to get married. Well, okay. That's fine. I don't have an issue, an issue with that. Uh, my issue is I don't think the state should determine who can and can't get married. Marriage should be conducted as a ritual, as it always has been, and it should be to profess love and commitment to another person, and it always has been essentially a business contract. So if two men want to make a business contract, why not? Now, the reason that people typically don't like the idea of gay marriage, and they might not even know why they don't like the idea, they say that it's wrong or that it's that it's the antithesis of the uh, you know uh, of the the law of God and nature, and that it's wrong. Um, the traditional view is that men and women got married to start a life together. Uh, as part of a business, you know, just like you get together and then you consummate the marriage, you have sex and you show each other the goods. It's a business dealing. Uh, you transfer property and you have goods and you have services that are performed. And as you go through the process of life, you build something together. And some people get divorced. They leave the company. They go join another company. Uh, it's basically business. Uh, now, when you're dealing with business in that way, Governments tend to get involved. Governments would like, you know, a, a little bit of uh, what you're producing in that business. They want a little bit of a say. They want, you know, they want the taxes or whatever it might be. They want a say in how you raise your children. I mean, this is the idea of why people used to get married. It was business, but it also protected women. So you would have 
uh, a home and you would have a, a, a physical masculine protector who would protect you and would protect your children. I mean, this is not just like traditional human. This is very animalistic. Um, so you think about it in that way and you realize that over time people determine, you know, I don't like gay marriage because I don't like, you know, homos or I don't like queers or whatever. I don't like bis, bisexuals or I just it's wrong. It's wrong in the eyes of God and man should not lay with another man and all that stuff. I don't think government really should be involved in marriage and I don't think that you need to get legally married. Maybe that's a radical idea, but I say that while maintaining that a familial structure is probably the best way to maintain a stable society. I don't mean that you have to have the father who works 40 hours and comes home and the mother who is doing laundry on a washing board and the kid painting the white fence with lead paint, you know, in, in overalls or suspenders or some kind of hat from the 1950s with a toothpick in his mouth. I'm not saying that's what a family structure is. You know, God is defined in different ways. I, I define family, families in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a similar way. Uh, family is structure. That's what family is. God is also structure, but God is reason. God is logic. When you talk about getting rid of God, you talk about getting rid of logic and reason. When you talk about getting rid of the family, you talk about getting rid of structure. So if you get rid of God and you get rid of the family, you know, very traditional, they're considered conservative, highly, you know, Christian, uh, very religious ideas and, and beliefs. When you get rid of God and the family, well, now you have no logic and you have no structure. So I'm not saying that you have to have God to have logic, but God represents logic. And when you reject God, and I'm not talking about a religious God, you are rejecting logic. You are rejecting reasoning. You are rejecting critical thinking. When you reject a family, I'm not talking about your family is a bunch of, you know, you know, buttheads and you don't want to deal with them. That doesn't mean you're rejecting structure. What I'm saying is family as a concept, it is structure. When you reject the concept of God, you reject reason. When you reject the concept of family, you, re you reject structure. When you reject and dismiss reason and structure, that's going to cause the opposite, you would imagine. That's going to cause unreason, illogical, irrational behavior, and it's going to cause a deterioration in the, in the, the, the at the time, status quo or the or the the current structure because if there is no more structure things become structurally unstable and they begin to fall apart so throughout history this has been known to you know any conquering military or any conquering country or any conquering ideology and so what do they do well first and foremost they target men some men might become, you know, part of the new structure, but most men are hunted down and killed. Most men are rounded up and jailed or they're done away with in some, you know, uh, manner because men are traditionally the protectors. Now, when you can get rid of the protector, then the door to the house swings open and you have access to the woman and you have access to the child. Now, these are not necessarily literalisms. Uh, it's also very symbolic, but it is, you know, at the same time, quite literal. Get rid of the man, get rid of the protector, and that could be a woman, but you get rid of the traditional protector, 
And then what happens? You have access to the more vulnerable. That's what the woman and child represent in this case. You have access to the more vulnerable. So once you have access to the more vulnerable and there's nobody to protect the more vulnerable, traditionally what would happen is the woman would then submit to the new, you know, the new structure, the new power. She would become, you know, uh, you know, the wife of a, of a soldier. Or she'd become, you know, basically, a, you know, a, a prostitute in a sense. She would be used, and the child would be raised in the new ideology of the conquering force, the conquering, you know, country, military, etc. That's how things have been done for thousands of years. That's how the Romans used to conquer and uh, dismantle. Uh, familial structures. They would kill the men, they would take the women for themselves, and then they would raise the children. That's how it's always been done. Nothing has changed in the 21st century except there aren't legions of, of, of Roman soldiers marching into your town. Things now are done, uh, well, it's an old idea, things are done like a, a Trojan horse nowadays. Uh, the Trojan horse, it rolls up to the gate and it says, I'm here for you know, equality, I'm queer and I'm here. I'm here for justice. And look at me. I'm not intimidating. I'm not threatening. I don't have a six-pack and I don't have a big spear and a big shield and, a, and an intimidating you know, Roman legion-like you know, helmet on. And I don't have any of that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fun, frolicking, jester-like character with rainbows and kittens and puppies. And I just want to help you and your family understand that I'm a person, too, and I'm bringing gender equality and sexual equality, and I want to bring it all to you so you can understand that we're all human beings and that we're all cut from the same cloth. And so you say, well, that sounds good. You know, I don't want to be considered, you know, homophobic or I don't want to be considered, um, you know, someone who believes that I'm better than other people because of my opinions or preferences. So sure, I'll open the gate. And then you open the gate, and the jester comes in, wheeling the you know the horse. And then out of the horse, you'd think a bunch of other flamboyant like people are going to pop out of it, and they they kind of do, but they also have swords, and then they just start stabbing everybody. And see, this is what's happened in our culture. This has nothing to do with homosexuals. This has nothing to do with queers. It has nothing to do with LGBT people. What I'm saying is, when that horse opens, and these these Big guys get out with swords and shields, but they still have unicorn horns in their head and their shields are rainbow and the sword, you know, it has like glitter on it. And then they start stabbing people with it. They start cutting people with it. And you think, well, I guess that's for equality, right? They just slit my husband's throat. But I, I, I feel like that, you know, gay people are more equal now, I guess. Like, is that what I'm supposed to believe? See, people of all sexual preferences, of all gender identities, have been used and abused. They have been the victim of having their preference, their opinion, their, their natural instinct hijacked. Hijacked by people who want to use it to destroy in the name of construction and preservation, who want to create incredible inequality by promoting equality. Now, in the process that we've witnessed in Western civilization and here in the United States in the last decade alone, um, it's really uh, not confined to the last decade, but it's, it's in the last decade uh, very heavily. You've seen men demeaned to the point where there are girls 
who don't want anything to do with men. And normally, you would find, normally in you know the late 20th century, mid to late 20th century, we'd find that women who have bad experiences w- with men would become you know lesbians. And lesbians, you know, they had their own groups and, you know, they had their own parades and some were kind of, you know, more masculine, tomboyish. And, you know, some people might have had issues with lesbians, but, you know, nobody, nobody really like, you know, had a military go in and execute lesbians. You know, lesbians just it was a part of the culture. It was a free and open culture and lesbians fought for lesbian rights and it was like extreme feminism and fine. Um but feminists and lesbians today are finding themselves in an interesting position. Um, I'm not a lesbian or a feminist, but I've, I've, I know lesbians and feminists, and I've read quite a few books, uh, and I've read the writings of lesbians and feminists, and a lot of lesbians and feminists are upset because what they see as uh, a movement has been overshadowed by, by women that instead of thinking that they're in love or attracted to other women, they're no longer, you know, defined as lesbian now they're defined as trans and they're no longer trans in the sense that they want to be in another body uh they're trans in the sense that they want to transition to having no identity whatsoever that is sexual uh you know i talked about that on last night's show called digital white vans how the internet really is the the new white van and some glitter unicorn puppy dog pizza cat pokemon person gets out of the back of a van and says hey get in the van where we you know help me find my dog but on the internet it's you know help us find equality help us find you know what is more equitable and what is and they just use these colorful you know memes and slogans and it's all wonderful and it's it's like opening a birthday uh invitation all the glitter uh, falls out of it and it's like how could that be bad if someone's wearing a pink shirt they're not aggressing. Uh, you know, it's not, a, it, it's not an SS outfit. It's like you have to understand that authoritarians, psychopaths, predators, whatever you want to call them, people that prey on the innocent, they do so uh, in a variety of ways. And modern predators use the internet. Modern predators use words like equal and words like accept and love. And if you don't agree, then you must not want to be equal, and you must not want to love, and you must not want to be a part of a a universal, unified uh, world. Now, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, It's a very silly example, but it's an example of something that really irritates me. Um, There's a whiteboard. Uh, at the uh, in the back room where I work part time a couple days a week, and someone had put up some Bernie Sanders stickers, right? And I th- and I just kind of out of out of humor, I I wrote next to the Bernie Sanders stickers on the whiteboard. I said, "Who doesn't love food lines?" <laughs> I wrote, "Who doesn't love food lines?" And uh, a couple days later, I don't, I still don't know who it was, but they wrote underneath of it, uh, they wrote, "I love you," with a big smiley face, and. I was waiting to see who it was. I wanted to see who it was because obviously they weren't like incredibly offended by it, uh, but they they were kind of being playful with it. So I thought, well, that's funny. Um, but I, it also irritated me because I thought, what does love have to do with food lines? What does love have to do with starvation? What does love have to do with not having food and dying of starvation? What, is, what does love have to do with any of that? 
So I wrote back <laughs> and I have a picture of, um, of what I wrote on it. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to see it. I'll send it to you. You can see a little bit into, into my personal life, but I wrote underneath of it. I said, well, love didn't, you know, feed, uh, I, something like love didn't feed the hundred million plus people, uh, that were slaughtered by socialism, communism in the, la- in the 20th century. And, uh, I just left it at that and it, it, it ended up getting erased but when people say that kind of thing, well, love, man, it's just love, 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 love. Uh, there's a guy I'm kind of friends with. And last year uh, when all the, you know, the lockdowns began and, you know, masks and I was very resistant to everything as I still am. And um, I, I had, I've dealt with lawyers and I've dealt with uh, having to, really dig into what is legal and what is not legal, what is lawful, what is not lawful. And I've, I've, I've helped a lot of people along the way over the last year, but this, this guy, when this all first began, he's like, man, he's like, just, it's, you got, it's just got to keep it about love and light. And I'd always say like, I get that buddy, but love and light doesn't stop a predator from assaulting you. Love and light doesn't help me to breathe in a piece of cloth pulled over my face. Love and light doesn't remove the ferritin particles from my cells it doesn't remove the the you know the experimental rna injected into my body love doesn't stop a predator from attacking you you know if you're being mauled by like a bobcat and you know it's like ripping your face apart or it's like uh you know the revenant with a bear attacks him and it's and you know that that camera angle the bear's just Rah! If a bear is attacking you, you you can't like pat the bear and be like, it's good boy, good boy, I love you. That doesn't do anything. You know, you can say it's about love and equality and it's all cool and just be at peace, man. And every time people tell me that, I always think, you know, I don't have, um, you know, I don't have a, a, a great understanding of the 1960s. I didn't grow up in the 1960s, but I know that the flower power movement and, uh, you know, uh, there are remnants of, you know, 60s uh, hippies still around. You can see them walking around on occasion. Um, those people and the ideologies that they had, uh, not that they're brainwashed necessarily. I'm just saying that in the 60s, uh, the Central Intelligence Agency and other intelligence agencies were instrumental from music to drugs in coercing a rebellious population into submitting by not uh, fighting back. Um, it's called counterintelligence, uh, and it's called, and there's a bunch of names for it, it's coercing people into uh, non-aggressive uh, uh, through uh, psychological force. It's a non-aggressive, uh, non-compliant form of uh, psychological warfare. Uh, you get them to comply by thinking they're not complying. So you get people to lay down their protest signs, you get people to lay down their guns, their defenses, and you get people to turn around and walk in the other direction like a Jedi mind trick. These are not the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids I'm looking for. This is what psychology has developed as a weapon to control mass 
groups of people and the individual. So you think that you're fighting against corruption and war. You think you're fighting against, uh, you know, a corrupt power structure and uh, a, a military that's out of control. And what you're really doing is you're complying and agreeing to it, although you think you're protesting it because your protest has turned into debauchery. It's turned into, well, what people classically just say, well, it's a distraction. Well, that's the simple way to put it. It's a distraction. It's a psychologically persuasive tool to get you to lay down your arms, lay down your reasoning and logic and take a bunch of drugs and have a bunch of sex and listen to music and just burn yourself out so you don't use that energy to fight the real enemy. You know, kind of like Sinead O'Connor ripping up the picture of the Pope. Fight the real enemy. There's a real enemy. The real enemy isn't a bank, you know, in New York City uh, that people were protesting during Occupy Wall Street. Remember Occupy Wall Street and all those groups, you know, about a decade ago that were so prominent and then they just kind of disappear and then Black Lives Matter pops out. All these groups, they do the same thing. They rant, they scream, they have a couple good points, but when you read what they're really about and you read who funds them, they're the very opposite of what they profess to be because it's like the false flag operation. It's like you attack yourself flying the flag of an enemy. So people think that the enemy attacked you when you just attacked yourself, and then you can use the attack that you are responsible for, blame it on your enemy because there's the flag flying, and then utilize it to do whatever it is that you, that you wanted to do in the past. Maybe it's uh, you know warrantless spying, in essence legalizing that, although it's still illegal, uh, allowing uh, you know for a militarization of the police. When we allow for these things, you allow for the militarization of the police, eventually uh, policing becomes brutal and people have a justifiable reason to resist it. Um, not that police are necessarily bad, but it gives people an understandable, justifiable reason to resist it. And then the calls go out for the opposite extreme, abolish the police. But then you only abolish the police in certain cases where it benefits you. When someone says, I don't like your protest, I'm going to counter protest, you call the police. And when somebody attacks you and you defend yourself, that person who didn't want the police then calls the police because the police can help them. Um, you know, you've seen this from Portland uh, in the Pacific Northwest, um, you know, several times. Uh, one woman uh, was like being harassed and she looked just like a suburban mom. Uh, she, she was attacked and she stabbed this woman in the, in the chest, like in the breast. And the woman's basically at an anti-police rally calling the police saying, call the police, call the police. She attacked me when she attacked the woman and the woman defended herself. This is the backwards reality that we now live in. And it's not uh, as a result of queer theory. Uh, it's a result of a, a variation of queer theory. It's called postmodern theory. Uh, and postmodern theory goes a little bit like this. Postmodern theory uh, or postmodern queer theory uh, because they kind of are, are, are uh, laced together, looks at experience as more valid than fact, which, sure, an experience is uh, you know, an important component uh, to understanding. Um, it's an important component to uh, learning, 
But experience is not necessarily fact. If, if you get into a car for the first time and for whatever reason, you know, the brakes are cut and your car crashes, you, you can't stop the car, um, you might not want to get in a car again because you're traumatized. But that doesn't mean all cars have their brakes cut. It just means your car did. Just because, you know, you go to the store and you buy a, a loaf of bread and you get it home and it might be moldy, it might turn you off to bread, but it doesn't mean that all bread is moldy. But if you begin to think that when you have a single experience that that becomes reality, that's very dangerous because now people can give you that experience or give you an experience that they can utilize to mold your reality, right? And that's a very, very dangerous thing because you can create a new reality by a singular experience and you can create that situation or you can utilize a situation that has occurred before by telling people, well, have you ever been in a bad relationship? Has a man ever hit you? Has a woman ever cheated on you? And you can corrupt people's minds to think that all men are bad and all women are bad and that, you know, the best choice is to, you know, choose the opposite sex. And then when you have corrupted people's minds to the the most extreme, then people say, well, I don't like men or women. If we're talking about sexuality, I don't like human beings. I don't even want to be a human being. I don't want anything to do with sexuality. I don't want anything to do with gender. I want to essentially be uh, an asexual alien. Um, I even saw an article on that uh, Monday night. Uh, I talked to my friend Mike D about it. It, it was it was an article about asexuality, and it said uh, why more and more people are identifying as asexual. Uh, and it showed uh, you know a couple of uh, uh, well, I don't I, people. Uh, they were hard to tell if they were people, and I don't mean that in a mean way. They were just enormous. Like they looked like the patients on my six hundred pound life. And it said, why I'm asexual. And they had, one of them had like colored hair. And I thought, you're not asexual. You just have no sex drive because you're enormous and your hormones are messed up and your body is messed up. You have no sex drive because generally speaking, honey, men aren't attracted to enormous women like that. Okay, just like women typically aren't attracted to enormous. I'm not talking about like a big guy because that's protection. I'm talking about like, you know, my 600 pound life. People aren't attracted to that biologically, physiologically. Uh, it doesn't, it, it's not appealing to the eye. So this is a great example because I used to think maybe for like a week I was asexual. And I talked to my fiance Hope on Monday night after the show and after I read that article and I told her that and she's like, well, yeah, I'm like, I thought I was asexual at one point. It's like everybody goes through that. But when your child says, hey, I think I'm asexual, what do you, what do, you do as a parent? Well, you let them go through the phase. What do, what, do, what, do, what do psychologists and doctors and the news want you to do nowadays? They want you to chop the penis off, sew the vagina up, chop the breasts off, remove the nipples, and remove any ability to experience sexual pleasure. Uh, and that's scary because that's what George Orwell wrote in 1984. They would eliminate the orgasm. There would be no more sexual pleasure. Now think about what that does to the spirit and the soul. 
what that does, that orgasm, that spark of life, guess what that does? It allows for the soul and the spirit in some way to rot, to break down and to fade away. And when I was talking, uh, you know, to I talked to my friend Mike D and I talked to my fiance Hope. We were talking about, you know, asexuality, and she said the same thing. She's like, "It's not mean, but if you're like seven, eight hundred pounds, you don't have a sex drive, you don't have a drive to really do anything, you can't physically do anything." But this is a good example because if you say, if I say, you know, as a man, I'm not attracted to that seven, eight hundred pound person who's just been absorbed in this mound of of, of fatty material. I don't, I, I don't, it's not even like, I don't see that person physically. I don't even see a body in there. I see a, a human trapped in this body, but it's not attractive. What do you call me in that instance today? You call me phobic. That's what people will call you. You have a phobia of fat people. You have a phobia of obese people. You have a phobia of people that are overweight or they're curvy. And, you know, it's kind of like a soda at the, uh, at the you know, like McDonald's or something. You know, a small drink and a medium drink and a large drink were relative to their name. Now, a small drink's like a medium. Medium's like a large. Large is like an extra large. An extra large is basically a bucket. <laughs> have you ever seen Parks and Recreation? Uh a child, a small child soda is roughly the size of a, of a small child. Uh, and this is how we've, you know, now defined, um, you know, health. Uh, when you're overweight, now you're healthy and skinny. And when you're obese, um, you're actually just a little overweight. And when you're morbidly obese, you're just obese. And when you're super morbidly obese and you're, you have to go see Dr. Now down in Houston, you're just morbidly obese. And when you're so big that you have to have an ambulance transport you places, well, you're just a loving big ball of fluff. And if anybody says you should lose some weight in order to live longer than the end of the month, then they're fat shaming you. And that's absolutely preposterous. You think about different kinds of evidence, circumstantial evidence, pointing indirectly towards someone's guilt, but not conclusively proving it. It's circumstantial. It's not definitive. Then there's empirical evidence based on concerned with or verifiable by observation or experience rather than theory or pure logic. So it's observational evidence. And then you have evidence that is hard, evidence that is factual, evidence that is, that, that, that is substance, that is substantial. You think about the difference between fact and experience, and I think a lot of people get confused. You can experience something that's factual, but experiences, yes, are relative. And the evidence that you have from an experience is empirical. But that doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's an experience. So to regard experience as more valid than fact is completely illogical. It doesn't make any sense. But that is postmodern theory. Experience is more important than fact. When someone expresses their opinion, that's more important than fact. So if you want to understand what that means, what this, this, this mindset means, I think it's pretty easy to develop an understanding. It goes like this. Someone's opinion is more important than a fact, and someone gets upset because you said something they didn't like. Well, you go like this in return, in response. Well, I'm upset that you didn't like what I said. And now I'm offended. 
It's that simple. And that will confuse the hell out of, out of people like that. But see, the reason that this is the ideology is because not only is it easier to rely on emotion, meaning you don't really have to take responsibility for your thoughts or actions. Other people take responsibility for your thoughts and your actions and your feelings. But the average person, you know, who's also heterosexual, the average person is also usually not an a-hole. The average person usually, they might not, you know, be so willing to help, you know, when they see someone in need of help. But the average person has no intention to cause detrimental harm to another person. So if someone says, ow, ow, you hurt me, you hurt me, you hurt me. Most people are like, and their response is, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, are you okay? What can I do? You know, you, 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 you bump into somebody in the aisle at the grocery store. They're like, oh, that, that was kind of rude. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I, I didn't see you. They're like, oh, that's okay. But you know, like you bump into somebody on a soccer field and they, they flop, you know, down the down the field, you know, 10, 15 yards, and it's obviously dramatic, uh, and they get a card for embellishment, um, that's what queer theory and postmodern theory professes. Emotion's more important, and experience is more important. Facts don't matter. So if you have an emotional response to something, hey, I don't like the word you use. You use the wrong word, the wrong pronoun. I don't like that symbol. I don't like that viewpoint. I don't like that belief. Most people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. What can I do to make it better? And then the Trojan horse opens and the glitter and the unicorns and the clowns march out and they start stabbing people to death. And they say, well, we'd like the the male genitalia, please. And you give them the male genitalia and they're like, all right, we'd like the masculinity. Give them the masculinity. And then they're like, okay, we'd like the women and uh, give them the women and then once they've killed the men and they've uh, you know mutilated the women then they go after the children and they love those children they went after those children they got those children they abused those children and they created a generation of abused children who grew up to abuse their own children and this is actually a process that has been carried out across the world most recently it was revealed in Germany, and I'm going to tell you about that in the next hour. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay with us. Lifting the veil and peering into the abyss should only be done with the proper tools. Get them right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And don't forget to download The Fringe FM app for free for your mobile device. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. 
All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. The truth is out there And so are we KTLK Digital Broadcasting The Fringe FM Are you thinking about creating a podcast But don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses, and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loudness measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us wherever you may be listening around the world, broadcasting on the Fringe FM. That's fringe.fm or the Fringe FM app, along with TalkStream Live and the Paranormal Radio app. And whenever you may be listening, in the morning, in the evening, at night, or in the archive later at www.thesecretteachings.info, you can subscribe to the show. You get access to all the broadcasts. After they air, you can download and stream them, take them with you, and listen whenever you have time to do so. You also get access with your subscription, whether it's weekly, monthly, or yearly, to the Montage Archive. Those are kind of fun to play around with. Also, a digital copy of each one of my books and a physical copy of one of the books when you subscribe for one year. If you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. The subscriptions and the books, that's how we support the show. That's how we make the money to continue broadcasting to you. We also have affiliate sponsors. We really don't sell uh, a lot of those. It's like one every couple months, but they are there and they do help. Pro One Water Filters and US Plus Health, they're on our website, the top of the page, the slider bar. You can also grab a copy of one of my books. Those sell a lot, and they sell quick, and I always have to be uh, in the process of reordering them. We have Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and the Technological Elixir. They're all in stock right now. I'm very low on Food Philosophy, but they're all in stock. You can get a copy of those by going to the website and getting uh, the link. Uh, Each book has its own page, its own link. German police in 2020... This is a story we, we kind of you know went over in, in great detail back in 2020. German police were probing about 30,000 people over a child abuse network that was discovered in October. And this was again back in 2020. Uh, going back to 2019. When police arrested a man in Bergisch, Gladbach, near the city of Cologne, investigators searched the premise of this man's property and found vast amounts of electronic devices that revealed the existence of a large pedophile network, according to Euronews AP. Officials said 44 victims were identified, including a three-month-old baby. There were 30,000 people suspected of taking part in this abuse network. Peter Beisenbach, justice minister in the North Rhine-Westphalia state, told reporters back in June of 2020 that, quote, we need to recognize that child abuse is more widespread online than we previously thought, end quote. Now, not only is it widespread online, but it's also widespread in academia. It's widespread in psychology, in psychiatry. It's widespread in the medical community, not just the church. Most people that are abused are abused by people whom they know. This includes parents, step-parents, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, cousins, teachers, doctors, psychologists, etc. On Tuesday's show, and I mentioned uh, 
a little bit of this uh, on previous shows, uh, just in general. But we talked about how since 2012, 0.1% of the population up until 2012 suffered from gender dysphoria. Uh, gender dysphoria or gender dys, uh, dysphoric um, feelings are feelings which, at a young age, uh, a little human being decides, I don't feel right in this body. And it's not brought on by peer pressure or the internet or entertainment. Gender dysphoria has always been classified and primarily classified in boys, has always been classified as a, as a, as a young person, child at a very young age who's uncomfortable in their body some of them decide to medically transition later they talk to psychologists they talk to doctors they talk to their parents and it's it's an open process but that's not really allowed anymore now the little boys who used to suffer the most have been outpaced by older girls who are in their teenage years who have no sign of gender dysphoria and who, whether they're on a college campus where they can get free testosterone or they go to a psychologist for some life problem, uh, they are typically without having to prove anything. And sometimes in the first session, they have uh, feelings that they express. I mean, teenage girls, come on. They have feelings of insecurity. They don't feel right in their body. They're growing. They're going through puberty, whatever. And the response to that across the board has been something that is termed affirmation therapy, and they're just literally giving girls testosterone. They're literally, uh, without any parental approval, not only giving testosterone, or they're giving uh, uh, things like puberty blockers, or they're giving um, notes and referrals for, for surgeries in, extre- in more extreme cases, uh, double mastectomies where the breasts are removed. Uh, they, uh, you know, are having, uh, basically, um, they're performing, uh, acts of butchery on young women and has nothing to do with trans people because the whole ideology is that transism is so fluid. So if it's so fluid, why would you go get your breasts removed? Why would you start testosterone? If it's so fluid, you could regret that in the morning. Uh, and if you take a few courses of testosterone, I guess, you know, it's not as big of a deal as if you do it long-term, or if you take puberty blockers, which stunt your growth, halt brain activity, and make you infertile, sterilize you. It's kind of like, you know, the idea that when George Orwell wrote 1984, there would be a time in the future where sex and uh, the emotional component of sex would be eradicated. How would that happen, though? You think, how can you stop people from having sex? I mean, pornography is readily available on the internet. It, it would be like, you know, trying to get trying to get rid of like, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, food blogs. It's people eat. It's you're not going to stop people from eating, but you guess you can stop people from eating meat. Uh, California just actually uh, uh, made headlines because they're, uh, I guess they're they're making it a law now that you have to have bigger. Uh, space for for farm some certain farm animals, so it's going to increase the price of meat. And but that's all just to control meat consumption. And although it's a great thing for the environment, supposedly, and I agree, I don't like factory farming myself. I don't eat meat uh, at all. But it's not about meat in the sense that it's environmental. It's about stopping people from eating meat. 
So the elite and the wealthy, they get the meat, they get the real butter, they get the chocolate. And it's the same thing with, uh, you know, with, with sexuality. It's the same thing with sex. How do you get people to stop having sex? Well, you give them more sex initially. You give them so much sex, it's so prolific that it diminishes the importance, the emotion, and the feelings of sex. You desensitize people to it. Once they're desensitized to it, well, they have to look for more uh, extreme and new forms of sexual uh, 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 endeavors, fantasies, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, people role play and they do things and maybe a little bit of BDSM is okay, but you get to the point where you're literally creating situations where women or sometimes men are being treated like, and I'm not talking about a little choking, they're being treated like slaves, like sex slaves. And I don't mean like a woman who wants to feel like she's being dominated, but she knows she's still in control. I mean women that want to be abused. And, you know, most of the women don't actually want that. They're being paid. Uh, and maybe they like a little bit of the abuse, but this is like the new kind of pornography mixed with incest and things like that. So that becomes dominant. And then people begin to seek that. And you don't find that, so it ruins relationships. And you see how sex can slowly begin to diminish. You factor in technology and addiction to technology. And from Japan to the United States, not only have IQs dropped, but there's a huge crisis in Japan with procreation because Japanese people, on average, young people, and you can look up the studies if, if you just type it in, uh, you know, from the Telegraph to uh, the Japanese Health Service, they'll tell you that Japanese people, on average, younger Japanese people, they're not having as much sex. And that's not just for procreation purposes. They're not having as much sex just for recreation. On average, they'd rather play video games. They'd rather be on the Internet than have sex. So this slowly erodes the relationships that men and women have. And the same process, as part of the same process, you demean what a man is. You take away the masculinity. You take away the protective qualities. Once you can do that, and I'm not talking about all men. Women can be protective too. Men are typically protective. Women are nurturers. But you get rid of the protective nature of men. You get rid of the nurturing nature of women. And when you can get rid of the masculine and you can get to the feminine and you can diminish the feminine, what is the most feminine quality? Being able to produce life. Well, now you've removed a woman's ability to produce new life. You've sterilized them or made them think that men are evil and even having children is bad for the planet. And then you go and you get the children. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a sleight of hand. It's a psychological sleight of hand. You are able to cut down the male. You're able to tie up the woman. And then you get access to the child. And once you get access to the child, the foot soldiers move aside. And here comes the deformed, hunchback, potbelly scum who's going to take the child in the name of sexual science. And they're going to abuse them and they're going to torture them and God knows what else. But these are respectable members of society. These are doctors. These are social workers. There's a story back in June of 2019 in Italy. The headline from The Independent, Mayor, doctors, and social workers arrested and schemed to brainwash children into believing they had been abused and then sell them. A 
Italian police arrested 18 people, including a mayor and psychologists, for brainwashing, that was the word they used, quote, brainwashing children into believing their parents had abused them. The scheme was meant to convince the children through brainwashing that their parents had abused them in order to take them away from their families and sell them to foster parents. The children were sold to friends and acquaintances in a scheme that was worth thousands of euros. Now, there are stories that you can find from the United States to Germany. I read a story in Germany where a woman was, uh, and this was mainstream news, a woman was literally selling her young child for sex. And uh, in, in, when it went, I think it went to court and it was, it was something that she had said uh, when she was being questioned about how she's like, well, it wasn't that bad um, because some of the guys that wanted access to, you know, little Johnny, uh, you know, little, little, uh, this little boy, his name wasn't Johnny, but you know, what little Johnny, uh, they, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to beat him to death. And I said, no, that's too far. And that was like, I don't know if that was part of her defense or what it was, but that was in the news article. And I read that and I thought, is that really what people think? You know, as long as the child isn't killed, you know, then no big deal. But, you know, it's not just like an isolated story. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to say any names. I don't even know the whole situation. But my, my fiance knows someone who was, uh, as a child, sold for sex by her mother. I mean, this is just like, these are just like seemingly random people that have gone through this. Um, and, you know, it's, it's usually done through the household. And in the same way that when a child goes to a psychologist and says, you know, I'm not feeling comfortable in my body. I think it might be puberty. And, you know, you know, you know, Tim at school, I, I, I think he's cute, but he talks to Susie. And, you know, they just need somebody to talk to. And the psychologist, through affirmation therapy, says, um, you know, well, um, I, maybe you're not a girl. Maybe you're not really attracted to Tim. Maybe you're a boy and uh, you should start testosterone. You begin to see the predatory nature of the whole thing, that it has nothing to do with helping people. It has nothing to do with trans people because all the boys traditionally who have been from a young age, uh, you know, seeing themselves as women uh, or girls or feeling like they're in the wrong body, they get steamrolled by the internet, by the trolls and by the predators that exploit what trans sexuality is. They get steamrolled by, like the homosexual community has, by pedophiles and perverts that want to take their, their image of free love and apply it to children by taking masculinity away from men and the symbol of protection taking nurturing qualities away from women, turning them into men, and then using women to abuse other women, like in the Nexium cult, for example, or Harvey Weinstein and Oprah Winfrey, and then using women as this, this jumping-off point to mutilate femininity in the name of femininity, in the name of, of, of equality, sterilize them, mutilate them, and then you can get access to the kids. 30,000 people over in Germany investigated in 2019, 2020, and ongoing for 
a child abuse network. A three-month-old baby was involved in that abuse. It's not an accident. Mayor, doctors, and others, social workers in Italy a couple of years ago arrested for brainwashing children and then taking them from their real parents and putting them into foster care. It's the same thing that's happening with trans people in the psychologist's office now. Another report came out just a few weeks ago. This is a big one. This is one of the longest articles I've ever read. I'm not going to bore you with the details, uh, although it's not a boring article, and I, I recommend going and reading it. It's from The New Yorker, July 19th, 2021. Try to find it online. It's kind of hard unless you know the exact headline, so I'll give it to you. The German experiment that placed foster children with pedophiles. And this is not in Italy. This is also in Germany. You can go to our website, thesecretteachings.info, and click on the top news tab. You'll be able to find it. Or if you're listening to this show in five years, go to our website, and you'll find the top news tab. And just if you click Control-F or Command-F on a Mac, you can type in, like, you know, a word, and you can find the article that way. The German experiment that placed foster children with pedophiles. It's called the Kintler experiment. They're saying that it was an experiment to place foster children with pedophiles. Helmut Kintler, a professor and one of the most influential sexologists in Germany. In the late 1960s, Kintler placed neglected children in foster homes run by pedophiles. The experiment was authorized and financially supported by the Berlin Senate. In a report submitted to the Senate in 1988, Kintler had described it as, quote, complete success. You read the article, it's about uh, a boy named Marco growing up with a, a father who was his foster father, his, his, uh, his real father was a, uh, I believe it was a refugee, um, and he divorced his mother at a young age. His mother worked uh, with sausage, and uh, she didn't have a lot of money. So Kentler helped to get Marco into a foster home. Problem was, foster home he went into with a, uh, a man named Heinkel. Uh, Heinkel was, or Heinkel was a, well, uh, basically a predator. Now, the caseworkers recommended at the time that Marco be placed in a foster home with, quote, a family-like atmosphere. I don't know if the caseworkers were in on it, but Hinkle was abusing all of his foster children. And the man who was essentially running the operation, Helmut Kentler, knew this. In fact, he covered for the man. And he covered for others who were abusing their foster children. Uh, they were intentionally placed into these homes to be abused. Now, they don't really go into detail about what that abuse was, but the story's pretty well written, and it goes into the background of uh, Marco, and it goes into the background of Helmut Kintler, uh, of when he was growing up in Nazi Germany. And it makes a couple of, uh, of references to um, ideological frames of mind that are pretty interesting. For example, Kentler was also uh, abused, but not in the same way. Kentler was abused by strict, rigid rules at home. 
extremely strict and rigid rules. His father was in the Nazi party in the German high command in Berlin. And uh, Kentler's parents uh, basically raised him under the teachings of a person named Daniel Gottlob Moritz Schrubber, a German authority on child care who was described as the, quote, spiritual precursor of Nazism. Schrubber outlined principles of child rearing that would create a stronger race of men, ridding them of cowardice, laziness, and unwanted displays of vulnerability and desire. Schrubber wrote, quote, suppress everything in the child. This was in 1858. Emotions must be suffocated in their seed right away. Now, Kentler rebelled in the opposite extreme. Kentler was inspired by psychoanalyst Wilhelm Reich, who was a Marxist, who argued that the free flow of sexual energy was essential to building a new kind of society. In 1977, the sociologist Klaus Thuleit published Male Fantasies, a two-volume book that drew on the, uh, the diaries of German paramilitary fighters and concluded that their inhibited drives, inhibited sex drives, along with their fear of anything gooey, gushy, or smelly, had been channeled into a new outlet of destruction. In other words, sexual repression led to Nazism and fascism. Therefore, Kentler's goal was to develop a child reign philosophy for a new kind of German man. Sexual liberation, he wrote, was the best way to, quote, prevent another Auschwitz. It was believed that by liberating a child sexually, by abusing them, you were actually helping them. In 1976, the magazine Das Blatt argued that forbidden sexual desire, such as that for a child, was the revolutionary event that turns, out, uh, turns our everyday life on its head that lets feelings break out and that shatters the basis of our thinking. That oppression of a child's sexuality is what turns them into a monster. So do the opposite extreme and abuse them. We're going to talk about this when we come back from break because it's going to get weirder, it's going to get darker, but there's an understanding here that we can derive that's critically important for what's happening in the world today. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in soft cover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.com. 
That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. The music tonight by White Bat Audio. Find White Bat Audio on YouTube. One song from Secession Studios. This is The Secret Teachings. That's what you're tuned into right now. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, with you five nights a week, Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. You can find us over on Patreon as well and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. The email, rdgable at yahoo.com. The Helmut Kintler Experiment in Germany kind of broke in the news last month in the New Yorker. It was an experiment conducted back in the 70s and in the 80s and never really stopped. It's where children were taken from homes, whether they were good homes or bad homes, but predominantly homes where there wasn't any abuse and they were taken and they were placed into homes of known pedophiles. The headline of The New Yorker says the German experiment that placed foster children with pedophiles. Now, Helmut Kentler, a sexologist and 
a professor in Germany. He was who the Kintler experiment, uh, experiment was obviously named after. He began research and development in the 60s of placing children who were considered neglected in foster homes run by pedophiles. The experiment was authorized and paid for by the Berlin Senate. Later in the 80s, he described this as a success. Now, some of you may remember that in 2019, a mayor, some doctors, and some social workers were arrested in a scheme in Italy where children were taken from decent homes. They were brainwashed by psychologists into believing that they were being abused at home, and then they were given to predators. They were sold for sex. Now, this is almost identical to the same exact modus operandi of affirmation therapy for gender and sex realignment uh, in psychologists' offices and doctors' offices for children that feel a little bit out of place. They go to the doctor, you might be trans. Or they go to the doctor, you know, it's like those commercials. Ask your doctor about placerol, whatever the drug's called, and you go and you ask the doctor. Well, that's what kids are being told. Ask your doctor, and they're being coached online. Ask your doctor, ask your psychologist about transism. Ask your doctor, ask your psychologist about testosterone, puberty blockers. Well, you know what puberty blockers do? You know what testosterone does to a growing woman? It stunts your growth. Uh, puberty blockers stunt your growth. Testosterone will stunt parts of your growth and then grow other parts of the body. Uh, it totally will mutilate you. Uh, not as bad as the surgeries will for removing breasts or having skin taken from the arm to make a fake penis, uh, which is done in very, very rare cases. But what also mutilates you is an ideology that not only do you not think that you fit in your body, but that you should go to such extreme lengths to get another body that will also not satisfy you, and then you have no sense of, of reality, no sense of self, and you wonder why trans people commit suicide in massive numbers. Um, if all the surgeries and all the drugs worked, then they probably wouldn't be committing suicide in mass numbers because the numbers are extremely high. Yet that's used as an excuse to mutilate more little girls. This is very similar to what was going on in Italy, except in this case, it's not necessarily that girls or boys are going to psychologists or doctors and they're being told that, you know, their parents are abusive and they should uh, they should get, you know, themselves into a foster home. But it is kind of like that, because if your parents tell you, um, no, you're a girl, uh, you have a vagina, you have ovaries, you're a girl. You're lesbian, fine, but you're still a girl biologically. Well, they tell kids that that is, you know, that's aggressive. It's toxic. It's the same kind of coaching. It's basically prying the children away from the parents. Taking concerned parents and turning them into monsters, toxic human beings that children should not be around. This is what they were doing in Italy. This is what they were doing in Germany. Uh, the little boy at the time, but now he's uh, an older man. Uh, this man, uh, Marco, who is the centerpiece of the story in The New Yorker about the experiment called uh, Kentler, the Kentler experiment. Helmut Kentler was the, the sexologist it was named after. He developed it. 
Uh, Marco uh, was conditioned uh, by Kentler and by his father, named uh, a man named Heinkel, to see his birth mother as toxic and to keep her from seeing him. And they just brainwashed this kid and all the other foster kids. And they knew, they knew uh, Kentler intentionally did it. They, they knew, uh, the social workers, they knew that Heinkel, this kid's father, was a pedophile. They knew that he was abusing the boys, but they believed, well, he also feeds them and houses them. So the least they could do is, you know, open up their mouths and their buttholes for him. And, uh, you know, I'm not sorry, but that's what happens. So you read the article, and it, it gives some insight into things that maybe aren't necessarily the intention of the author, but things that stood out to me. For example, Helmut Kentler was inspired by the Marxist psychoanalyst Wilhelm Reich, who argued that the free flow of sexual energy was essential to building a better society, a new society. The reason for that is, back in the 70s, sociologist Klaus Thulwhite published Male Fantasies, a two-volume book, that drew on the diaries of German paramilitary fighters and looked at their inhibited sex drives, and how this led to destruction. Um, in other simplified terms, sexual repression equals destruction, sexual liberation equals beauty, even if it's abusing children, because at least somebody loves these children, right? That's the argument with foster kids. At least somebody loves them. I mean, they might be getting raped and tortured, but at least somebody gives them food and shelter. Right? Well, I mean, you give a lab rat food, you know, you give a you know, you know an animal you tie up and call it your pet. You give it food. I mean, the animal might be grateful, but you know some people abuse their animals. At least you feed the animal you kick every day. And you know, you you look at this, and and you realize it's not in Germany, it's not in Italy, it's not in the United States. It's the whole world. This is a philosophy that pervades uh, academia, uh, media. Uh, everything. It's everywhere. And it's heavily present on the internet, social media. You might not think that this is what you see on social media when you hear about sexuality and gender and equality, but this is what you see. Sexual liberation. I mean, sexual liberation was the idea of the 60s and the 70s. Sexual liberation, drugs, sex, rock and roll, man, yeah. But that's just counterintelligence. That's getting people to coerce uh, be coerced, more easily coerced, into agreeing with what they otherwise wouldn't agree with because they're so distracted and they're so burned out from other things, from the pleasures of life, that they don't want to protest. Or what when they do protest, they think protesting is love, man. It's just love. And people tell me that, like, it's just love. It, it, what do you mean it's just love? Children are being tortured. That's not love. Um, people are starving to death in Cuba. That's not love. Love doesn't feed you, okay? Uh, love isn't something you can eat. People say, well, you know, it's the same people that'll say, you can't eat money down with capitalism, but hey, it's all love, man. Well, you can't eat love either. You know, love doesn't keep you warm. At least, you know, of course, in the sense that we relate it to things like money, that we relate it to, you know, the abuse or the, the, the predatory nature of systems or people. Of course, love is warming. Of course, love feeds your soul. But real love, not the 
fake love, not the abuse that's called love. Not the striking and the beating and the torturing and the raping and then, but it's all love. It's a different kind of love. Hallett Kentler developed a child-rearing philosophy for a new kind of German man. He grew up in Nazi Germany. Sexual liberation, he wrote, was the best way to prevent another Auschwitz. In 1976, the magazine Das Blatt argued that forbidden sexual desire such as that for children was the revolutionary event that turns our everyday life on its head, that lets feelings break out, and that shatters the basis of our thinking. Germany's newly established Green Party at the time, in the late 1970s, brought together anti-war protesters. Tell me if this doesn't just sound like modern liberalism. Anti-war protesters, environmental activists, and veterans of the student movement tied to address the oppression of children's sexuality. Members of the party advocated abolishing the age of consent for sex between children and adults. Now, I don't agree with war. I'm anti-war, generally speaking. The ironic thing about people that are anti-war is they don't see the war being waged on them or their families. They don't see the war being waged on their spirit and soul. They don't see the war being waged right in front of them. They might be waving flags that say, bring the troops home or no blood for oil. But even that's disappeared. People aren't even anti-war anymore. It doesn't matter who the president is. Democrats, Republicans, everybody loves war now because we're desensitized to it. Environmental activists, they love the planet, they love the whales and the snails and the animals, but are they really concerned about the environment? There's a great episode of King of the Hill. Uh, You might have seen if you watch King of the Hill. It's, uh, I think it's somewhere in the middle season where, uh, remember Hank and his buddies and they they take Bobby to uh, uh, one of the parks and there's like a park ranger there and they go every year and they camp. But the hippies come. And the hippies use the park's power and their sewage system and and they just, they're causing, a, you know, it's like a nightmare for everybody who wants to just kind of be there in nature and camp and they, they keep their camp space tidy. And so Hank talks to the ranger and he says, like, what are we going to do? He's like, we well, he can't do anything. You know, it's they have a right to be here too. But they start abusing the system so they cut off the park services and the hippies, you know, are, are upset about it. And when the hippies that are all about the environment and you have to have the magic feather to be able to speak in the, in the love circle, they just leave a bunch of trash behind and they just destroy this beautiful place. And, and that's what I think of when I think of environmentalists. In fact, uh, my fiance Hope, she used to go to like festivals and she told me she realized uh, at this one festival, you know, everybody's an environmentalist, but everybody just leaves trash. It's just plastic bottles and bags and you know, cigarette butts and just garbage everywhere. But they love the environment so much, man. You know, it's like the girl that yelled at me um, at a job I was working because I said paper was uh, 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 was worse than plastic in a lot of ways. And if you're going to use plastic, at least you can reuse it or you could just bring your own bag. And she gets upset with me. I'm an environmental science major and you must like microplastics. And I was like, what are you talking about? I did, I did a microplastic show before I even knew anything about the environment. I thought, well, there shouldn't be microplastics in the ocean. That seems wrong. It's it, it just, well, I went to school for it. Well, whatever they taught you in school, honey, is wrong. Okay? 
because they're teaching this kind of environmentalism, that you're a bad person for being alive. Kill yourself to save the planet. That's the extreme environmentalism. And that's not even environmentalism. Just like anti-war protests. It's not anti-war anymore. It's not environmentalist. The student movements are all extremist, Marxist, collective, hive mind mobs that drive cancel culture by demanding people's jobs and demanding people's incomes and demanding people's titles and demanding statues are torn down or doing it themselves. And this is what happened in the 70s in Germany with the Green Party. And they believed that the oppression of the children and their sexuality was one of the root causes of fascism, man. Remember when uh, that, that, that hippie and that episode of King of the Hill, she comes up to Hank and she's like, can I have a dollar? And he's like, no, I'm not giving you a dollar. And she says, fascist. <laughs> That's the ideology of the people we're dealing with. You don't even know what fascism is because someone won't do what you say. You call them names and attack them. You're a fascist, but the oppression of children's sexuality. And you look at what all this really says. Anti-war protesters, they're pro-war. Environmentalists nowadays, they destroy the environment. The student movement, oh, it's all about students. No, it's driving an idea down the throats of the general public and when someone says, well, I don't agree with that, that's wrong. Don't attack the kids. Don't attack the children on the students. They're innocent. Like the little girls who would come after you in communist China. Little 10-year-old, 11-year-olds. You praise Mao now. It's like, get the hell out of here. You're 11 years old. You don't know what you're talking about. And then they... Say, okay, girls, we are killed a man. And they attack you and they stab you to death and then they boil your body in a big pot and everybody eats it because no, there's no food. Look those stories up. Little kids running around with knives, stabbing people to death. You know, cannibalism was, was, was right in communist China because there was no food. But it's all love, right? Mao loved you. Mao was a wonderful person. All hail Mao. You know, you look at uh, the Kintler experiment, and it's, it's virtually identical to the mayors and the doctors and the social workers in Italy. Um, it's virtually identical to what's happening in the United States and Western uh, culture. Um, it's what's going on at the Tavistock Institute. That's why the former governor, one of the governors of the Tavistock Institute, quit because he said they were just fast-tracking kids to have irreversible uh, surgeries and go through irreversible uh, you know, genetic biological changes without even trying to understand why kids felt the way that they felt. And that was wrong. Uh, that's, and, and then they even ban it in Ontario, in Canada. You can't even offer therapy to children who are confused or, you know, just the natural feelings of getting older. You have to affirm that they're an opposite sex. That's not therapy. That's predatory behavior. That these people that do this are predators. And see, we have to understand that someone will look at you when, when, when they hear you say that and they'll say, well, you just don't like this group or you don't like that person or you don't understand people have different opinions than you. And it's like, well, here's the bottom line. Children are being preyed upon. Children are being preyed upon now more than ever because, one, children can watch and listen to anything they want in the privacy of their own little world, 
whether they're at home or they're with a friend. It's not like a Playboy magazine in the treehouse or buried in a box in the backyard. This is access to everything digitally all the time where kids can be coached and trained. Kids that are confused, that don't get the answers from their parents, can go online to get them or what they think are answers, and they're indoctrinated into cults. So when you say that, you're anti this, you're anti that. I'm offended, I'm offended. The average person believes, you know, I don't want to offend people. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to make people feel bad. So, okay, what do I do to make you feel better? What do I do to make you feel more included? And then the list of demands come out. Chop off the balls. Enlarge the clitoris. Chop off the nipples. No sexuality at all. And give us the children. And you think, well, that's, um, that's kind of extreme, but if it means I'm not transphobic, I guess that's okay. See, people don't have a backbone. And the people that do have a backbone... You don't get to hear from those people. They get censored. They get canceled. They get blocked. They get shut down. Even prominent psychologists, prominent doctors, they don't jump on the bandwagon. Oh, they lose their license. They lose their standing. Now, these are things that we look around and we see, you know, if you don't know what Marxism is, you know, or you don't know what, you know, postmodern theory is, you look around and you just see isolated incidences. When you see those isolated incidences as being more than isolated incidences and being part of a pattern, then you realize, oh, this is organized. This is planned. You know, it's like when people say, you don't get a shot and you're going to kill grandma. You don't get a shot, and you're going to make other people sick. And you can't tell that person, well, and the CDC's new uh, guidance uh, in the study it was based on, they found out 74% of the people who spread it and who were sick, well, those people had their vaccine. Well, you just don't want people to be healthy, and they just they can't actually think because their development has been arrested and halted. And it doesn't have to be halted through puberty blockers that stunt growth, sterilize you, and halt your brain development. It's done through various ideologies, like postmodern queer theory. Queer theory is the idea that oppressive powers and dominant norms are, are offensive and harmful because some people can't or don't want to participate in them. You know what we call that in high school? A click. You're not in with the gothic kids. You're in with the jocks. You're not in with the jocks. You're in with the nerds. You're not in with the nerds. Sometimes there's alternate groups. I was in an alternate group. I didn't really fit in with anybody, but I was kind of friends with everybody. And people just left me alone, and I read books. This is part of what it is to grow up. But no, now they identify children who climb. They've got ADHD. People who are uncomfortable in their bodies. They must be trans. And if you decide, maybe I am, and then back out of it, you were never really trans, so all the surgery and all the drugs, well, too bad. You mutilated yourself. The whole idea is based on sexual repression, and, and like the, the Kentler experiment in Germany is what they called an experiment. It was, a, it was an organized agenda, an organized plan. They did the same thing in Italy, so the same thing in the United States. It's to get to children, get rid of the masculinity, 
target the mother, corrupt and mutilate the female, destroy the female, and then you got access to the kids. And you can claim it's all about sexual liberation, man. It's beautiful, man. I get to touch kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Child abuse becomes the primary form of love expression. And that article from the New Yorker, the the young kid Marco, he said it as a couple times in the article quoted that he didn't know any better. He knew it was wrong that he was being abused, but he thought it was okay because, you know, top doctor says it's okay, so it's okay. And when you do this to an adolescent, you don't need the drugs to stunt their growth. And it allows for that adolescent to be easier to control, or an adult for that matter, to be easier to control. You do this through um, psychology, social experiments. Like, you know, you're offended that what I said was, you know, some kind of harmful statement. Okay, I can maybe apologize for hurting your feelings, but I'm not going to apologize for saying it unless I really think about it and think, well, that was really insensitive, you know. Like if I was to say something about a fat person, right? Like I saw this article about asexuals and there's these big, 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 enormous women. And I was, I was thinking, well, they're not really asexual in the sense that they don't have, you know, sexuality. They have it. It's just been suppressed and it's been buried under mounds of redundant, you know, flesh and fat. They have no sexual feelings because their bodies are barely capable of sustaining life at this point. You know, th- that that's harmful. They don't have a sexual feeling. And, and obviously, they're not going to be able to find someone to have sex with because people aren't attracted to that. Maybe one or two weird-looking guys. That's it. Okay, that's reality. Postmodern theory says reality doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. Emotions matter. That was offensive. But I'm not going to apologize for that because I didn't intend for it to be offensive, and intention matters a whole lot. Striking somebody with your car intentionally is different than hitting them accidentally because they jumped out in front of the car holding a Black Lives Matter sign and you couldn't hit the brakes in time. That almost happened to me in Rochester. I almost hit a woman because she jumped in front of my car holding a BLM sign. So facts don't matter to these people. Emotions matter. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, if emotions matter, your emotions really hurt that bad, then I'll apologize for hurting your feelings perhaps. But I'm not going to apologize for what I said because it's still a fact. People typically aren't attracted to that. And even if, you know, that's not true, it's my opinion still. So it's like my opinion is I'm not attracted to that. So, you know, experience matters more than anything else, right? It matters more than fact, right? So there's two ways to really handle that. You say, I am offended, you're offended, you know, or you can apologize or, you know, whatever. You know, and the thing is, there are ways to say that that's offensive. You know, like, hmm, maybe you're not sexual because you look like uh, an orca whale. Now, that could be interpreted as a little bit offensive and, hey, these people have feelings, so that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Understandable. That's what we do in a civilized society. What we don't do in a civilized society is we don't say, that hurt my feelings, that hurt my feelings, that hurt my feelings, apologize, use a different word, oh my God, and then attack people and, and, and scream and yell, and it's like, you are mentally disturbed. You, you don't even have the brain capacity to converse about your emotions 
everything is driven by emotions because as some theories proposed back in the 1800s, Daniel Schriber suggested emotions must be suffocated in their seed right away. Kelmet Kentler, who uh, was raised under this ideology, rebelled and turned in the other direction and decided that pedophilia and sexual desires for children was the best way to free society of fascism and oppression. And through these ideologies, various uh, theories have evolved from queer theory, postmodern theory, facts don't matter, emotions are more important. We need a balance of all of that, though. And putting tonight's show together for you um, has been very liberating for me to understand uh, some things that you know I had uh, never read before. I had never read about queer. I know about postmodern theory. I didn't know about queer theory. But it helped me to understand, well, that's why you see all the unicorns and the glitter. That, that's kind of the imagery of, of, of this theorizing. Um, but the thing is, you realize, oh, it's not just coincidental. All of this is part of a plan. Why do they have the unicorns and the glitter and the pizza and all? Because you're dealing with people that are adolescent. You're dealing with people who haven't matured. I'm not saying if you're old, you can't like unicorns or glitter. I'm saying you're dealing with children. You're creating a population of predominantly children who can't take care of themselves. And so since they can't take care of themselves, and so because they're damaged, the only thing you can do to them is turn them over to the predators. And when we all become damaged children, and it's justified that even though we're damaged, we deserve love. But love is really being put into the grip of a predator who is going to abuse us. And as long as they feed us, as long as they take care of us, as long as they're our conservator, it's all okay. It's just love and light. It's being done to every single person. And resisting it is not only necessary, it is obligatory to maintain structure, which is family, to maintain reason, which is God. You don't have to have the family, you don't have to have God, but you need structure and you need reason. If you don't, you don't have a stable society. You don't have a society at all. This is part of the post-modern world and the post-human world. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Check out our website to subscribe to the show. Support everything that we do, please. All the shows in the archive, the montages, my books www.thesecretteachings.info Any questions, email me rdgable at yahoo.com Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy and we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.